Well, hello again, everyone. Welcome to Red and White Authority, presented by Labatt Beer, uh, the official Canadian beer of the Detroit Red Wings. Whether it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, it's always time for hockey, and it's always time for Labatt and Labatt Blue. Remember, the limited edition Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light Detroit Red Wing cans are still available. Get them while they're available and get them while they're cold. And remember, always drink Labatt Blue and Labatt Beer responsibly. It is one of the finest premium beers out there, and it is absolutely delicious. This is episode 97 of the Red and White Authority podcast. Our guests are James Russell Howard II and James Russell Howard III. Of course, Red Wing goalie Jimmy Howard and his dad. This is the first in a series of podcasts we'll be doing as I am uh, tagging along here on the Dad's Mentors trip. And uh, without further ado, this was done at the Bridgestone Arena in Nashville on Monday, where I sat down with Jimmy Howard and his father, and uh, we talked about uh, uh, Jimmy's career and the life of a hockey parent. So let's welcome in James Russell Howard II and James Russell Howard III to the Red and White Authority. Well, first off, I want to ask you because it's James, what, Russell Howard II? Right. Jimmy's the third, yeah. and your son is the fourth. Right. Is that a just a family tradition? How did that, or did you decide, okay, I'm a second, Jimmy's born, I'm going to have a third? I guess that's the way it started. I mean, my dad started it, I was named after him, and then uh, Jimmy was named after me, and J- James is named after Jimmy. So, yes, it started with my dad. Yeah, it all sort of rolled downhill. Yeah, I was going to say now, when, 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 when James the fourth has children, do you expect him to have the fifth, or could that go? Could that go to Henry? I mean, as long as I, one of them does. No, it. I mean, they can do whatever they want. But uh, um, I remember it was. It wasn't until he was born that Rachel, you know, was really like, "You'll regret it if you don't name him James Russell Howard the Fourth." So it was uh, actually Rachel who kept the the tradition alive. The Howard Howard's alive there. Really? So. Uh, so that'll be up to James whether he'll keep it going or not. Probably. <laughs> oh, really, really. It's like, so you you won't pull him aside one time and say, "Hey, for Granddad's sake, uh, you know, remember we got to keep this going. We need we need the fifth uh, here." Oh, I might throw a few uh, comments in there here or there as he gets older, but that'll be up to him. You know, Jimmy's uh, you know playing hockey. And, you know, what are you thinking when he wants to be a goaltender? Do you think, because, you know, the goaltenders, I've talked to Jimmy about this over the years, you know, they're supposed to be a little crazy, a little eccentric, a little nuts. I mean, did you try to sway him or did you say, okay, hey, if you want to be a goalie, that's fine with me? That's pretty much how it happened. I mean, he just came home one day. I think he was, what, eight, nine years old. And he said, Dad, we don't have a goalie. Can I play? And I said, sure, go for it. And then it just snowballed from there and I remember just one day watching him up where we live in northern New York and I said wow he was like 10 and he had he had no one working with him he just had a lot of athleticism really so Jimmy were you would you consider your dad to be you know obviously a hero a mentor and all that but do you would you consider to be a hockey dad or did he let you pretty much kind of chart your own course I mean obviously helping you out along the way when needed but no I mean he was my first coach you know he 
when he saw that uh, you know I uh, I had that athleticism, that talent to be a goalie, um, you know he stopped coaching and uh, uh, you know invested his time into into me. Um, you know whether it's uh, getting ice. You know, before school or or after, or, you know, in, in our team practices, you know, he made it. Uh, he took it upon himself to, you know, read up on goaltending drills and to, you know, try and implement them. So you you weren't a goaltender. <laughs> no, I was never a goaltender. I think maybe I tried it once, and then I said, no, this isn't for me. I uh, played defense in college, and so he. Um, you know, he had, he he had some great athleticism, like I said earlier, and. Uh, we got him a, a coach out of Ottawa. We went up and started skating, just skating for goalies. And then he, you know, I just became the driver. <laughs> I was driving all over uh, Ontario with him. You know, I, now I don't know if it's true, Jimmy, because I, I we joked around with you about one of the podcasts we did last year, but could you literally see Canada from your house or your street, or was it right down the road? Yeah, I literally walk out the front door, look to your right, and you can see it. You know, so I, I would imagine being that close to Canada and what Jimmy wanted to do was really a benefit to, <laughs> to live in upstate New York where you did. I guess it worked out that way. I mean, um, it never was going to be that way, but it, it did work out that way. And uh, he he didn't, you know, growing up, he really didn't, we didn't play a lot in Canada. We'd go over there and practice. Uh, he hooked up with that junior team when he was uh, 14, and we just took him. He wanted to go for the tryout, and then he made the team. I mean, no one thought he was going to make that team at 14 years old, especially a Canadian junior B team, and he impressed their coaching staff. What was it like being an American making it, trying out for a Canadian team? I mean, but, you know, I mean, you're kind of on the forefront uh, of that. I mean, I think I was kind of used to playing with Canadians already, uh, playing, you know, going over there, skating um, with the goalie coach out of Ottawa, but also playing, you know, AAA summer hockey, you know, for the Ottawa Valley Selects. Uh, um, you know, I, I came, became very comfortable, um, you know, being around Canadians. I'm going to be, a, I'm going to joke around here. You, you never have really thought about maybe. Becoming Canadian yourself? <laughs> no, no chance. No, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jim. Uh, the thing that I think we tend to forget, you know, Jimmy. When you're a really good young hockey player, you have to make a decision at a relatively early age. Leave home, perhaps. Jimmy goes to the development program. We always hear maybe the strain that it puts on a young hockey player because you know he's young. He's you know, he loves his parents and you know family and wants to hang with his buddies. How difficult is it for you when you know Jimmy, in order to pursue his dream, may not be in the house quite as long as you wanted him to be? Well. Um, obviously, when he left, that was difficult for us because um, he went a long way away out to Ann Arbor from our place. It was about a seven-and-a-half-hour drive. And <clears throat> up to that point, I think we were pretty lucky because he played living in Ogdensburg um, and having that bridge across the St. Lawrence River. Uh, we were able to get to Westport. I drove him to all the practices and to the games in Westport, and then he uh, played in Canada for a year, and that's only a 45-minute drive. So again, we were driving back and forth to practices and games. So that that was good because it kept him close to home. You know, your dad seems to be like a really kind of laid-back, kind of roll with the punches type <laughs> of fellow. And I, you know, and I, you know, I, I obviously I just met him, but. Uh, so how you know how difficult was it to leave home, Jimmy, and and come to Ann Arbor and play? Even though you're on a national team, you know you're the best of the best. To be honest with you, it wasn't as hard as uh, you know most people think uh, it'd be for you know a 16 year old to leave home. But 
um, I was ready. <clears throat> um, you know, I had this vision of playing, you know, Division One hockey, and you know, I thought that was, you know, the best path for me. So it was, uh, it was easy. It was really a no-brainer to, to you know, leave home. And then, you, then you go to. I mean, if you really look at it, the way it turned out, I know you had to go to Maine, but then being drafted by the Red Wings, living in Grand Rapids. You know, most of your adult life, I think you've lived in the state of Michigan, it seems. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Michigan is, uh, you know, Michigan's home for me now. Really? When uh, we, when you look at it, and, and, and Jimmy's playing, I mean, <coughs> now if I remember, and I'm all going off the top of my head, like both of your parents were educators or uh, that was college really essential and important for you to make sure Jimmy ended up going to college and maybe not going, although playing for the national team, they mostly all go to college, huh? Right, and when he went that route to the national team, yes, then we figured college was going to be the route. I mean, we were real close to, he was drafted by Peterborough, right. and we were real close to going to Peterborough because he wanted, he wanted that next level, and that we were going there. He he was headed there. We were really? all set. Yeah. The day I was supposed to sign with Peterborough is the day that Mike Eves called to ask me to join the U.S. program. Now I would imagine. I mean, you now Peterborough. You know, obviously. I mean, I can name off. You know, Stevie yeah. Eiserman, uh, you know, Larry Murphy. I mean, there's a lot of guys that were Peterborough Pete. So yeah, yeah, right. There's a, a, you know, difficult decision. Or when you're asked, you know, because. You know, you're you're not only wearing just a different sweater. You're wearing the USA. USA no. You're wearing the red, white, and I blue. Mean, that, that's what got me hook, line, and sinker was to be able to put on, um, you know, a USA jersey every single day. Uh, you know, there, for for an athlete, there's no better honor, um, you know, privilege to put on, uh, you, you know, your your country's colors. With much discussion when when the, when Eves calls and says we want you on the national team, when, uh, or you know about Peterborough because he was dead set. I don't really remember. I think he. Had... I was like blown away from the whole thing because really? we had literally just gotten back from a visit in, in Peterborough, and I think we were probably back to the house a half an hour, and then all of a sudden they called and said we'd like to have Jim uh, come out for our tryout. And I was like, oh, man, he's, he was just coming back from a minor knee injury, so that wasn't going to be possible. Mm -hmm. And so they um, arranged it so he went with the under-17 from New York State at the uh, festivals for his so-called tryout. And um, when, when he came back from that experience, I mean, I just felt real confident that he was going to go that route. And, you know, that was, that was very exciting, very exciting. Yeah. I mean, the Peterborough thing was really cool, too. But the national program, I mean, never in my wildest dreams was I, I – I was just like, really? I didn't really believe it at first when um, it was him on the phone. You know, I'm kind of projecting if, if, you know, if my son were to play for the USA national team, I would imagine – Watching him step onto the ice for the first time, I, you know, I don't want to be you know melodramatic here, but I, I think I could have got really, really emotional when oh. I see him yelling. I, I might have even, you know, maybe even shed a tear or two. Oh, there. The first time you saw me. Uh, wow, I think it was while well, you were playing at the Cube in, um, in Ann Arbor, was the first time I, I believe, or it, it might have been when you made that trip out to Maine. They went to. Um, you who played in uh, Bowdoin and somewhere else. Colby College. Yeah, and Colby. Yep, I, that might have been the first time that the family, it was right around Thanksgiving time that we made the trek over there and watched them play that weekend. Oh, no, you're right. But I think Cornell came after. So you so so now you know that they're out there. I mean, the first time you put it on, I'm sure you're overwhelmed. But then when you're stepping on the ice for the first time, knowing you're 
your family, your dad's out there, your first coach. I mean, yeah, I to be honest, I, I don't remember. I, I probably should, but uh, uh, you know, I, I remember the first time I put it on and we went out there and it was against uh, we were playing CompuWare. <clears throat> I do remember that, and uh, uh, I just remember you know being 16 years old and just being like, wow, this is crazy. Like, who would have thunk this? Right now, and I, you know, to go on with that, I remember when we dropped him off. We drove him out to, and we met his billet family, and they're a great family. I mean, he's really connected well, and they're like part of the family now. <laughs> and and I'm thankful for that because we're so far away. Um, that they they sort of look after Jim and help him out a lot, but being there and watching that process, we I think we stayed a week just to see it all and take it all in. And I went to every practice, and it was just I just couldn't believe he was a part of that group because growing up as he was growing up, you, you hear about the Little Caesars, you hear about the Compuwares, all of these um, AAA programs that Jim really wasn't a part of. He was like a I guess you would call it B, B-level hockey in our area was the highest level. And so when he crossed the bridge and went to Westport and played as a 14-year-old was a real big step for him. That was like, I guess that would be as close to AAA as he would have come other than his summer hockey that he played. So you get there now is the level, because you're the best of the best. It's like, you know, going to college, you know. When you start to play Division One in any college sport, then you figure it out, God, all these guys were the best players on their team, you know, yeah. kind of a weeding out process. Were you intimidated when you first got there, or, or were you just confident in your ability? Obviously, you had the support of your of your family and your billet family. I, I remember I, I really didn't say much because all the guys, you know, all the guys pretty much knew each other, you know, from playing against each other, um, you know, growing up and uh, – or, you know, being from the same area. So I, I didn't really know anyone, and uh, I didn't belong to any of the cliques yet. So <laughs> but you're a gregarious guy. I'm sure you fit in pretty quickly, Jim. You know, it was, uh, it was for the first month, month and a half, I pretty much just, uh, you know, kept to myself and, uh, you know, tried to figure, you know, figure everyone out and just focused, focused on hockey. But, uh, you know, we had a great, great group of guys, and, um, you know, I still keep in touch with, you know, a lot of them, and obviously one of my best friends, and well, my best friend in hockey, you know, came from the program with Greg Moore, so, uh, um, you know, I, I wouldn't have changed it for the world, you know, I'm very thankful that I was able to, you know, have that experience in Ann Arbor. You know, so Jimmy comes out as the outsider, as you, as you alluded to, and I, I mean, that first month where he's kind of, I can't find it's hard to believe, but he's keeping to himself and just, you know, just kind of taking it all in. Does, are you talking to him a lot or, did, you know, was it, I'm not trying times, that's way too uh, overstating it, but that, you know, you're there to support him, you know that, you know, this is going to be a bit of a transition that he's going into. Oh, it was a it was a huge transition. A, he was away from home for the first time. Uh, B, he's in a new school. Yeah, that was probably the biggest thing. Was what what the school? school? Where where'd you go? Ann Arbor Pioneer. Oh, Pioneer. Okay, so, so the purple and white. Yeah, going from you know uh, a school in Ogdensburg. What did we have? A hundred kids in my senior class, and to. I think it was over 750 in the one, and or maybe even more. Oh, in your at, class at, alone. In Ann Arbor, it right. was a, it was a, it was a big 
bit of a shock, you know, with that many kids and, and, and high, you know, going to high school. And it was sort of like a little mini college. <laughs> From, that's, a, that's what I thought it was like. Well, you, and every day you walk out at Pioneer, you can see Michigan Stadium is essentially across the street. Yeah, yeah. That was also, um, you know, really cool. You know, growing up, uh, I think everyone, you know, all the kids loved the, those helmets. So uh, it was it was pretty neat to be able to walk out of, walk out of high school and, you know, Boom, there's the big house. <laughs> so it was neat. Um, so Jimmy makes the transition. Obviously, college time comes. Uh, you know, I think, not speaking for Jimmy here, but you know, I thought he probably should have gone to Michigan. And maybe Jimmy thinks he should have gone to Michigan and the whole Al Montoya thing. But he ends up at, he ends up at Maine, which is in its own right a, a terrific program. Uh, it seems that you know, you're thinking to myself, my gosh, is he ever going to settle someplace closer? Now he's now he's in Maine. Oh, but the thing about Maine was that we grew up in Ogdensburg, like I said, uh -huh. and St. Lawrence University is about 18 miles away. So, as a little guy, he was. We went to St. Lawrence games all the time when they had morning skates, and we had the day off from school. He and I'd go over and watch the practices. So he got to be close to uh, St. Lawrence University, and Maine is very much like St. St. Lawrence University. Now, at the time, Maine had two goalies already committed, so he, you know, they we got the the, the form letter about recruitment and things like that. But what at, 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 at St. Lawrence, Lawrence. At, St. In, Lawrence. at St. Lawrence, we got the letter. But I knew, and Coach Marsh knew that it, they were already committed to these other two goalies. So the Maine became a just a perfect fit, and and it's funny because. On all the college visits that he went to, the one that he, he calls up, he says, I really want you to come to Maine. So my dad and I loaded up the car, and we drove out to Maine and, and so went to the visit with him. The first and the second go out to Maine. Right. We watch a game and go through the whole process. And uh, Grant Stanbrook was the assistant coach there, and he took us all around. And... And then all, we were supposed to stay another day. Something happened. He had to fly back all of a sudden real quick to uh, the program. And But when we got home, my wife had told me, Linda says, Jimmy called. He wants to go to Maine. And that didn't surprise me in the least. So when you go to Maine, you know, I asked Gus about this, Gus Nyquist, who also went to Maine. I was kind of joking with him during his podcast. I said, is Jimmy as big a legend in Maine hockey as he thinks he is. And he said, no, Ben Bishop is. <laughs> uh, but I can remember being at home in Livonia, I think, or Ann Arbor, I don't know exactly where and you play in that NCAA championship game or playoff game, which seemed to go on forever. I think you ended up losing one nothing. and I don't know if it's the longest game, but... Oh, are you talking about the, the we, triple overtime one? Yeah, the triple overtime. That was, that was Hockey East Finals. Oh, Hockey East Finals. I remember yeah. watching it. And I don't know if the Red Wings drafted you, but I knew they drafted you. But I walked away completely impressed. I mean, by far, and I'm just not saying it because your dad's right next to me and he could slug me or, or you're right here, but you were by far the best player on the ice. I mean, it's a shame that you had to lose that, no, that hockey won, game. We won that no, one 2-1. 2-1? One. One, one. Yeah. Wasn't there another game you played that you lost 1-0? We lost the national championship game. But you were, you were great in that game, too. I mean, yeah. let me put it to you this way. I guess what I'm leading to here, because I'm rambling now, is that when they drafted you, when the Red Wings drafted you, 
I, I think I was doing somersaults in my living room because I thought they actually had a, you know, a player because besides maybe Ozzy, they weren't really developing a lot of goaltenders back then. Uh, no, they weren't. It was finding everyone through free agency, right? <laughs> right, right. So, or trading for yeah, Bernie or something. Yeah. yeah. So it was, uh, to be honest, the day I got drafted by the Red Wings, it was a complete shock. Like, I met, uh, met with them, you know, for about 15 minutes prior to the draft or the day before the draft. And I left the meeting and I was sort of like, huh. It was a waste of 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're great people, yeah. but, you know. It's uh, I don't think they're, they're going to be the ones that are going to be calling my name out there uh, tomorrow. But uh, uh, when they, you know, said my name, um, you know, it was, a, it was a huge shock and, you know, a huge thrill. Not only, you know, because I got drafted, but also, you know, to such a story franchise, you know, original six. And have my family there with me it was actually right here in Nashville that uh, you know I got drafted so it's uh, uh, it, it was a lot of fun because our section's cheering and the rest of the building was booing so <laughs> it was fun uh, so he gets drafted by an NHL team I mean it's progressing you could tell like at 14 the way he was uh, advancing that you know Jimmy's going to be a player but when he gets to the quote-unquote the show or at least gets drafted into the show uh, another one of those moments that are, are you pinching yourself or, you know, overcome with pride or is it just you're running a, an array of emotions when something like that happens? Oh, well, I'm so proud of him every day. I mean, it's been, it's been great. When we started this journey, I just said, man, if he can go to college and get his education, that will be great. And then everything else was just, it's just been unbelievable. It's been a great um, a run and... I think he's got a great passion for the game, and he's always had a great passion for the game, and he works hard. And, and like when he got drafted that day, that was one of the first things after we they, they went to the table and met the uh, staff. And then after he's, he comes back, he's got the jersey, and he says, Dad, original six. And it, that was a very special moment. Yeah, that, I mean, you know, I'm partial, obviously, being a Detroiter, but – yeah, the, the logo, the, the winged wheel is, you know, I know they talk about the Blackhawks and the Canadians and I guess Toronto. I always knock Leaf in, you know, a maple leaf. Okay, cool. That's all right, you know. Uh, but uh, uh, he puts that on. Uh, now let me ask you both something because I was aware of Jimmy because I followed him in Maine. He gets to Grand Rapids. And it seems like, and there are other goalies, the Red Wings, you know, they're still going through that whole process of free agents or trade or whomever. Are you ever thinking, okay, we were ecstatic on draft day. When in the hell is he going to get up to Detroit? I mean, you were there for, what, almost four seasons, wasn't it? Yeah, but I played in Detroit my first year. Yeah, but a little bit. Yeah. But I'm just saying, you know, that, you know, I'm looking at you as a stick-and-stay guy. I mean, you get up here and you're there. And, you know, I mean, yeah, was well, it frustrating, though, that, that, that period in Grand Rapids a little bit for you? I mean, obviously, you know, you're young, you're young men. You look around and you watch other guys that are getting called up and you're like, wow, when am I going to get my time? When am I going to get my time? But, uh, you know, I, uh, you, you know, it's one thing that's great about the Red Wings is, uh, you know, they don't rush you. They let you learn at your own pace and, and, and figure everything out. And it was kind of a blessing in disguise um, to be down there and just, you know, to work every single day of uh, becoming a pro. So when I did finally get that opportunity, you know, I just took the ball and ran with it. You know, were you impatient, though, maybe for him? Or did you 
it sounds like you know, you do research and you're figuring out, okay, what's he getting himself into? What's it like for other goalies? You talk to maybe other families or all that. I mean, but were you a bit impatient thinking, boy, I really would like to see Jimmy maybe get a shot this year? Um, no, not really. I thought at one point it might happen. Then they, um, they signed Dom, and I said, no, oh, it's going to be another year. That's fine. But, I mean, when that draft night, when we went and met with uh, Kenny Holland and the staff at dinner, he said, you know, Jim's going to have an opportunity, and that's just what it was. And then when they brought him out of college after his junior year, uh, one of the first things when I was out to Detroit, um, when he was stayed up with them at the beginning because I believe Ozzie was hurt at the time, mm -hmm. uh, Jim Bedard said, you know, now we're going to teach him how to be a pro, and that is so right. I mean, you think that you know a lot about the game, but then you get to this level, and you, you th now you really don't. Now you, th that learning level even becomes higher. You've got to really push yourself in the development, and it's just, and it's once you get here, it's hard to stay, and you really got to work. Do you feel like every avenue that Jimmy is going, every as he has gone up, that whether it's the Billet family, the coaches at Maine, uh, what he experienced with the U.S. development team, and then Jim Bedard as your goaltending coach, who oh, he's a good friend of mine. I love Jimmy Bedard. That he has been very fortunate not only to have you as a mentor, obviously, but to have these people along the way that have really helped him, which probably I would assume put your mind at ease a little bit because this is your son, and you want obviously the best for him. All right. I mean, Jim Bedard was really great, and then Sal comes along, right. and he's done a, a great. Yep. You know, he's done a great job with Jim. I mean, he's been very fortunate to have some very good coaches. Grant Stanbrook, uh, as far as he's a mastermind, as far as goaltending is concerned, the, the man, everything. He was just really, really focused as a coach, and he could pick out little things that others would not. And, like, I remember talking to one of the St. Lawrence assistants when they saw Grant Stanbrook come in the building because he always kept to himself. <laughs> they all said, oh, Grant's here. There's got to be somebody. <laughs> and they'd all start wondering who it was that Grant was looking at. But, I mean, he's, had, he's been lucky to have some really good people that have um, helped in his development. You know, but, Jimmy, I mean, from your perspective, and you, I know you're fortunate and you appreciate everything they've done, but if it wasn't for this guy right here, uh, none of it might have, wouldn't have happened. I mean, no. you know. If it wasn't for his, you know, willingness to, you know, drive me around and, uh, you know, take me to Ottawa to, you know, start working with a goalie coach to, you know, basically learn how to skate and all that big equipment, uh, uh, you know, I probably wouldn't be here. <clears throat> what kind of kid was Jimmy? And you can really tell us because, you know, I mean, because he, I, I love talking to him and, he, and he'll tell you, I mean, I, I talk to him everything but hockey most of the time, but but I mean he's just such a vivacious, you know, gracious, gracious man. Right, and I don't think he he fits the mold as uh, a normal goaltender. You know, you, they talk about goalies and all their quirks and what have it, but he's he's very laid back, away from the rink, very very competitive, always very competitive. That I know. Whether he was playing soccer, whether he was playing baseball, and of course hockey. I mean, he wanted to win. He, he worked hard to win. I mean, it's just that was his nature. He just always was willing to practice and, and put in that extra time. He never uh, never complained about going to 
uh, practice. Like we'd go up to Ottawa, skate at eight o'clock at night, get back at around ten, and then he and I would have ice time like at six in the morning before school because his mom worked over at the high school and the, the rink was attached to the school. So we'd go in, skate from six to seven. He'd go over, have breakfast in his homeroom with his mother, and then off to class. And we did that for what two, three years. So, it's, so it's, it really is a family affair. I mean, you know, I, I, I guess eventually the Red Wings, I, I know they've had in the past, but next year it better be a mom's trip, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my mom was uh, just, she was there, you know, just like my dad was. Um, you know, if you had something going on where he couldn't drive me, you know, she was driving me. And, uh, you know, my sister got dragged along to a lot of rinks. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, I'm very very thankful for the family that I had growing up and the parents, that, you know, that, that I had that, you know, and how selfless they were to, you know, drive me around. You know, Jimmy, I just said next year it's a mom's trip. You could be an unrestricted free agent, so I guess I have you re-signing with Detroit no matter what. <laughs> I mean, I, I definitely want to, you know, re-sign. Um, you know, it mean the world to me to, you know, retire as a Red Wing. You know, the experience you have with your sons and that famous picture of Henrik Lundqvist on the bench and, yeah. and your little one, Henry, yeah, talking, like, his, ta 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 talking yeah. his ear off, and he's very, very gracious. Now, I know you're really into it. You're seeing your grandsons, like, out there with all these guys, and they're all, you know, treating Jimmy's kids like they're their own. I mean, that's got to be a very special moment for you as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, I did not go to the All-Star right. game. I let Because I knew he was taking the boys, and I said, you go have a real special moment with the boys and enjoy that time. And, to, and when I got to watch them, I said, I was sitting there and go, oh, there's Henry with <laughs> Henrik, right? And I, that, was, that was very cool. And then Jim told me the story about, you know, hanging out with all the guys and like they they play mini sticks all the time down cellar and they 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 love to play and now they play you know they know them the players because of the video right NF, uh, nhl 19 the xbox they they play on the xbox against each other you know every morning they want me to turn on nhl on the fly so they can watch the games uh, or the highlights uh, or you know they're picking up celebrations off of youtube I don't, you know all these kids are nowadays with technology i mean henry or james was the one that actually set up the xbox so uh you know, Henrik Lundqvist could play against his daughter. <laughs> so it, it was uh, it was fun to be able to watch uh, the boys in San Jose and how they interacted with the guys. Because uh, I figured, you know, they were going to be shy. But at the same at the same time, I should have known better. They're probably kind of used to it or immune right. to it being around. You know, the guys down here in the dressing room. So uh, uh, you know, they they weren't shy at all. You know, um, I'm going to have to wrap this up because the time's flying by. I could talk forever, as Jimmy very well knows. And uh, But the, the mentors trip, I want to skip because I was going to say it was on TV. It was great because the announcers are going, oh, look at Henrik. He's talking to a couple of young fans and stuff. I go, those Jimmy Howard's kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's what he's talking that's what I, to. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, mean, I, was, I, know, I, I was saying the exact same thing. I said, what do you mean, the kids? That's what it's all about. Right there, the interaction, the king talking to the young hockey fans. Yeah, they're my boys. <laughs> yeah, it was Henry, and I was wondering, what's Henry saying? <laughs> but, yeah, but you know what? It was great to be able to see Henry interact and, and watch him talk to Henrik because I thought he would be just a clam out there, but he I guess he wasn't, was he? And no. then they did that little interview with the boys telling what their favorite spot was. 
um, during the weekend, and I thought that was really cute too. Yeah, uh, it, yeah, it was it was a great it was a great moment, well deserved. You should you know, especially since you couldn't play the second time you were an all star to you know to come back. Uh, you know, seven years later from 2012 to 2019, uh, this mentors trip, what does it mean to interact with other fathers or mentors who've gone through similar things that you've gone through with their sons, obviously going up through the ranks, and then just being able to spend time with your boy watching him play? Oh, it, being on this dad mentors trip is uh, just a tremendous opportunity. I mean, I remember I got to go on the first one in 06 and that was um, that was just mind blowing for me as a hockey fan to be able to sit in the room and say, "Oh, there's Chris Chelios and Stevie Eiserman and Brendan Shanahan." I mean, and I could go on. I mean, and uh, and Chris Osgood, and it was just I'm going wow. But as I um, matured a little bit and and got into the NHL lifestyle, but just to be able to share how they go about their day and talk to the other dads, learn about what they did and what their sons did, you know, to get to this level is, um, it's pretty neat. And every year is always different because there's new faces. And so you meet new fathers or mentors and get to, you know, get to know them. And we, everybody's down to earth and it's always a great time. Are you almost, because you've been around now, kind of a mentor to the fathers, some of the new fathers, like, hey, this is how it's going, or kind of showing them, laying out the land to them where they really value. <laughs> I think he has the most. No, I, yeah, no, I think, I don't know. I think um, Jonathan Erickson's father might have one more than me because Jim's brought um, his, his father-in-law and my dad along. And, of course, they had the mom's trip that one year. But I I just think being, you know, with the dads, just having a great time. I mean, they just are, it's just wonderful. I haven't met, been on a trip where we, we haven't had a good time and interacted well. So so, the, so after a mentor's trip, you didn't, like, guy sign a petition and say, Mr. So-and-so, please, just do never invite him back again. <laughs> <laughs> no, we haven't had one of those yet. <laughs> I hope we never do. I mean. <laughs> I'm sorry, I made a jerk there. Yeah. I, I apologize no, for that. No, no, no. Uh, all right, Jimmy, having dad here. Having, you know, grandfather once in a while, a father-in-law. I mean, I know you guys, you know, uh, eventually maybe the mom strip your mom. I mean, what does it mean to you? And what does it mean to the players, the Wings players, that, you know, the Red Wings do this and you have your, you know, your, your immediate family here? Uh, it means a lot uh, just because, you know, we get to, you know, share a road trip with them. Um, you know, uh, uh, you know, they get to come and see what life's like on, out on the road. So, uh um, you know, just to have them around, um, you know, to, you know, share this, share this experience, to share this journey that, uh, you know, we've all embarked on as NHL players uh, is truly special. And, you know, I'm glad the, the Wings came up with it back in 2006. You know, I'm, I'm going to say this because Jimmy's here and I don't want to, like, I'm buttering him up. But, you know, you and your wife, the entire Howard family, they should be proud of this guy right here. And I know you are because oh, he is just – Top-notch, win, lose, whatever. Jimmy's out there. He's answering the questions. He's affable. He's fun-loving. I mean, you know, he's just a really, really good person. For me, and I don't want to get all emotional, but it's, I just I feel great, you know, that, you know, to walk in a room and I go, hey, Jimmy, you know, what's up? I mean, but, you know, he, he just treats people like people should be treated. Yeah, sure, he's a goalie for the Red Wings and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, at, you know at the hockey expression now, at the end of the day, you know, he's James Russell Howard III, just a guy from upstate New York who's kind of living the dream, and that is a testament to you and your family. I thank you 
James the second. I'm just going to call you Jimmy. No, I, you know, but yeah, he's always been known as Jimmy. In fact, when James was born, and I said, "Well, can we call James Jimmy?" He goes, oh no, James is James. He goes, "Yeah, I, James says is James, but I'm Jimmy." <laughs> <laughs> Thank you both for sitting down with me. We went over a half hour. Hopefully the bus is still here. Uh, but I really appreciate it. Best of luck, Mr. Howard. Thank you very, very much. I appreciate it. Jimmy. Thank Thanks, Hart. Thank you. Thank you, guys. That was great. Thank you.